0: Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, tonight, in the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, send the Spirit. And let the Holy Spirit change us in every possible way. Way to fulfill what God has for this church, for this ministry, for our lives. And we claim this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. You may be seated around the church this evening. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Last night, we saw that everyone in the Gospels who had an encounter with Jesus, they were changed by that encounter let me mention one before we move into the heart of this message if you look at the scene of the cross there was this centurion there who stood by the cross and he witnessed everything that happened as far as we know from the historical record The man never communicated with Jesus, but he was changed radically by what he saw. Surely, this is the Son of God. Everyone in this age of grace who has. An encounter with Jesus. They should change. Tonight we're going to focus in on the change agent that Jesus uses right now in this church age. Before Jesus ascended back to his Father. He told His disciples, Acts chapter 1, to go and wait in Jerusalem until they received the promise of the Father. The baptism in the Holy Ghost. Then what else? Jesus said, But ye shall receive power. After that which the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Then Jesus ascended back to the Father. We know what happens next. For the next ten days, those who are witnesses of the resurrection of Jesus, those who are witnesses of the ascension of Jesus, they go back in that ten day period of time, they are seeking the Lord, they are waiting for the promise of the Father, But they're also waiting for the power. You shall receive power. Then in Acts chapter 2, verses 1, 2, 3, 4, we see those who received the baptism in the Holy Ghost. We see their language change. What did we say? The Holy Ghost is a change agent. If you look at all the gifts of the Spirit, all nine will leave a person changed by the glory of the Lord. The language of the apostles changed. But their actions began to change as well. And not only that. The group that was assembled together. Those on the day of Pentecost who were there. I'm talking about those in Acts chapter 2 verses 1 to 3, 4. They were no longer just a group. A disciples of Jesus. Who gathered together on their own. The Holy Spirit on that day. When the mighty rushing wind. Came into that room. He changed them. From being a group of people. To being a church. You see it is the Holy Ghost. That will change a group of people, regardless of where they are. He is the Holy Ghost that will take individuals, unite them together, and make them a church. The Holy Spirit, an agent of change, absolutely, are we still here? If you look before this day of Pentecost if you would have asked Peter to stand in front of a crowd and preach about Jesus it would not have happened. Just 53 days earlier he was denying Jesus. Now He's openly proclaiming Jesus. What is the change? The change is an active Holy Ghost in Peter's life. Before the Holy Ghost, Peter was a different person. But once the Spirit got a hold of him, He changed radically. If you look at chapter 3, we see the same thing. Peter boldly picking up that man at the gate, beautiful. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I unto thee in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Why was Peter able to do this? He had an encounter with the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost left him changed. Let's go one step further. The man at the gate, you can say he had an encounter with the power of God. And his life was radically changed. You see, when the believers... Are changed by the Holy Ghost. They will operate in Holy Ghost power. And those. Who the church deals with. Who the believers deal with. They will be changed. By the power. Of the Holy Ghost. As was the 5,000 people. Who listened to Peter on that day. When the Spirit began to operate and move. And those 5,000 people accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. It was not the persuasive argument of Peter. It was the power of the Holy Ghost that used the words of Peter. To penetrate the defenses of each person so they can believe in Jesus. Peter preached the gospel. But who is the change agent? The change agent is the Holy Ghost. Are we still here? Let's go a little further in chapter 7. Chapter 6, actually. We read about a man named Stephen. And what does it say about him? Two times in the chapter, he was filled with the Holy Ghost. Because Stephen was filled with the Holy Ghost. What happened? Two things. One, he was elevated to the position of a deacon in the church the holy ghost because he's operating in the life of stephen is elevated to this position why was he qualified why was the rest of the deacons qualified Well, they were saved. They were believers in Jesus. Absolutely. But they also had the power of the Holy Ghost operating in their lives. What qualified them for that position? The power of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost changed them from being names we would never heard about to being important members of the church members that the believers trusted that the apostles trusted the holy ghost changed them into this because the holy ghost had changed them in the same chapter stephen he performed mighty Acts and demonstrations of power because the Holy Spirit changed him into doing this. Because the power of the Holy Ghost was operating in Stephen's life, lives were changed. Are we still here? Even at the end of chapter 7, Saul what do we see? The beginning of a change inside of him. But the change inside of Saul does not begin without the Holy Ghost changing Stephen. Are we still here? Acts 8, what do we see? We see a Philip who is changed in more than one way. First, the Spirit leads him to Samaria to preach the gospel message. Why can he preach? Why can he operate in Holy Ghost power? Demonstrating the power of the Holy Ghost. Because the power of the Holy Ghost was on his life. The Holy Ghost changed Philip into a person who would minister not just to the Samaritans, but a group of people the Jews hated. But not just that. Part of the key of opening what would be The third phase of the church. Philip going to Samaria. Why? The Spirit changed him into being an effective witness of Jesus, which means signs and wonders and healing and miracles. Demons cast out. Deliverance. Souls saved. To the point that the church in Jerusalem heard about this. Peter and John make the trip. Now why are they there? Once upon a long time ago. They were the ones saying. Send down thunder. Let it cook these Samaritans. But now. Because of the power of the Holy Ghost. That radically changed Peter. He's able to lay Hands on these Samaritans that they can receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Look at it this way. These Samaritans, why did they receive the change of the Holy Ghost? Because the apostles thought it was important enough for them to make the trip to Samaria. To personally make sure this Holy Ghost change entered their life. They could have sent a message to Philip saying lay hands on them. That they might receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But they came themselves. Why? Because it was that important for them to make sure these Samaritans received The power of the Holy Ghost. Are we still here? Why was Philip preaching to the Ethiopian eunuch? The exact same reason. The Holy Ghost empowered him to go and minister to him. And then supernaturally, he took him out of that place. And eventually led him to Samaria. A lot of us would say that's the end of the story. But the Spirit says, no, that is not the end of the story. He's in Caesarea. Why is that important? Because the Lord, through the Holy Spirit, would lead Peter to Caesarea. To preach the gospel to Cornelius and his household. And after they were saved, what happened? Change with the power of the Holy Ghost. Why were the people in Peter's party convinced that these Samaritans were believers? Because the Holy Spirit changed these Gentiles. Are we together on this? But not only that, who was in Caesarea after Peter left town? The Holy Spirit placed a minister in that town named Philip, who was still there when Paul visits toward the end of the book to minister to these Who believe in Jesus in Caesarea. The Holy Spirit is orchestrating all of this. To see lives changed. If you look at Solitarsus. All the changes that come in his life. Every single one. The change agent is the Holy Ghost. Think about this. Why does the Apostle Paul go on the first missionary journey? Because the Holy Ghost separated Paul and Barnabas for this journey. Why? Does Paul go to Macedonia and Greece in the second missionary journey? Because the Spirit told Paul and Silas and Timothy not to preach in the provinces after Galatia, but to go specifically to the place where he led them, Macedonia and Greece. And why did Paul have success? Because the Holy Spirit changed this Paul from being one who would only minister to Israelites to one who would minister to Gentiles. The Holy Spirit changed him from who he was. First the Pharisee. Then the guy sitting on the sidelines in Tarsus. Then a minister in Antioch. Then a missionary and an apostle. (coughs) The Holy Spirit changed Paul to do all of this. And not just that. All the healings and the miracles. The Holy Spirit is the one who Who brought all of this change. Are we still here? Let's look at the church and the believers in this era. Every one of us being a believer who's here tonight. And the majority of those watching, listening, same situation. We are believers in Jesus. Many of us baptize with the Holy Ghost. And we think that's the end of the change that Jesus has for us. Not realizing it is just the beginning of a radical change that Jesus is going to do in our lives. And in the church. The Holy Spirit is being used. By Jesus the Son. To take each believer. To take each church. And to change them. Over and over. And over and over again. Growing them in grace. Every single step of the way. This evening the Holy Ghost has a message. A message given directly by Jesus. He wants to change you and change the church in a new and powerful direction. The anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost is the key to everything that is going to happen. Let me repeat that. The anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost is the key to everything that is going to happen. If you look at Acts chapter 2, what was the beginning of the change? The Holy Ghost. If you look at Acts chapter 10, the Holy Ghost told Peter to go to Cornelius' house, doubting nothing. The Holy Ghost changed Peter from not going to a Gentile. To going to a Gentile. We could say the same thing. About the second and the third. Missionary journey. Of Paul. And the first also. The Holy Spirit changing Paul. To do all of this. Today. The same. Truth. Applies. In this Pentecostal era. Every Pentecostal revival that has broken out. Has broken out because the Holy Spirit changed the believers. He changed the church. He changed the ministries to reflect what Jesus wanted. The Holy Spirit changed all of them. We don't know Azusa Street without the power of the Holy Ghost. We don't know about all the Pentecostal denominations that started in the early 1900s without the power of the Holy Ghost. We don't know about the great healing revival. Many of what you can see today on YouTube We don't know about that without the power of the Holy Ghost. If you look at the moves of God in the 60s, in the 70s, in the 80s, in the 90s, in the early 2000s, none of those happen without the Holy Ghost changing the believers, the ministers, and the churches into doing what God wants them to do. The Holy Spirit changed every part of them. Now in this holy moment, the one that we are standing in, the Holy Ghost, it's sending a message. A message of change. A change in ten separate directions. Direction one. A change into knowing exactly what we believe in. The church needs to know what we believe in. But without the Holy Ghost changing this, It becomes a head exercise. It becomes a trivial exercise. But when the Holy Ghost gets this message into our very innermost being, when it becomes so second nature that we know about who Jesus is and what Jesus did. And what Jesus is doing and what Jesus will do. Once this is inside of us, it becomes second nature. The Holy Ghost is the one who can change this. It's the Holy Ghost that can take this and give life to this. Before the Holy Ghost, this is just a book Of ink and paper. But with the Holy Ghost. He breathes life into this. He changes this. To being what it truly is. The word of almighty God. And then when it's inside of us. The Holy Spirit changes this. To give us life. Are we still here? The Holy Spirit does this. Second, the power of the Holy Ghost. Before the Holy Ghost, we cannot go and lay hands on people and expect them to change. If anything, they'll probably be slugging us for putting our hands on them to begin with. But with the power of the Holy Ghost. The change of the Holy Ghost. Something happens. When I first laid hands on someone. And the Holy Ghost moved. Let me tell you. There was a change. That was a different experience. Than I had ever experienced before. And the person that I prayed for. He changed. Why? Because. Because the Holy Ghost was changing both of us. The one laying hands and the one on whom the hands was being laid. A complete and radical and total change. In the minister, the change was the power of the Holy Ghost flowing out. In the other person, it was the delivering power of the Holy Ghost. When the Holy Ghost changes us, the power of healing will begin to flow. The power of miracles will begin to flow. The power of a life changing experience with Jesus will begin to flow. But it is not a natural change, it is the Holy Ghost. Bringing this change. Are we still here? Before the Holy Ghost. We could try to preach about Jesus. And it would fall flat. Like no one is listening. But then the Holy Ghost. Begins to change. The minister. Giving him a divine boldness to preach they did not have before and for the listener the holy spirit is changing the listener to where he is now receiving a truth he never had before the boldness in the listener catches their attention we saw it in the gospel Why did they listen to Jesus? He spoke with boldness. And why do people listen now? Why did they cry? Because the Holy Spirit is using the boldness in the minister and His convicting power to get people to listen to a message they were not listening to before. Number one was what? Knowing what we believe in. Number two, the power. Number three, a boldness to preach and receive the word. Let's go into teaching the word. Where many sit in a teaching situation. And trust me, been there, done that in the classroom. With the job, it's difficult. Why? Because everyone wants to go to sleep. It's a tough job. Guy entertained 30 kids of a whack. But in a Bible class situation, let me tell you, there were times when I first thought about Christian persecution. I'll be honest. It was the Spirit that opened up the ears for 30 kids to listen to what was being said and be affected by what was being said. In a church setting, you can teach your heart out and try to use chalkboards and grease boards and TVs and digital boards and every other thing in the world. But without the power of the Holy Ghost, one cannot grow from milk to meat and meat to teach because the power of the Holy Ghost is vital and important in all of this. Are we still here? Let's keep going. Prayer. So many say it's like our prayers never get past the ceiling. And we've all been there before. That our prayer barely goes up to the ceiling. Well, let me tell you, our prayer goes a little further than that. Because we know a lot about how sound travels. Yes, it will reach the throne room. But let me talk about an anointing and a Holy Ghost power when we pray. Not just sitting there looking at the watch, hoping the time comes that we can get up and move on. But an anointing that comes with prayer. And not just praying in tongues, even though that is a huge part of this. An anointing that comes in prayer. You see, the Holy Ghost can change the way we pray. It can change us from being ineffective. Well, I just got to say these words. And then we can move on. Let me tell you something. Why can you pray? For something to happen and it happens. Well, the Lord listened. Absolutely. And the Holy Ghost gave you the faith to pray that to begin with. Think about this. Gift of faith. Divine faith. We actually see it. It's in prayers. Where we can pray and the supernatural happens. Because the Spirit gives us a faith to pray these things and they happen. We're not talking a natural faith. We're talking about a divine faith that's in prayer. And let's go a little bit further. A divine faith when we praise. Oh, we must have been singing good tonight. The Lord moved. No, the Spirit moved. The Spirit changed what we were doing, where it stops flowing from the mouth and the throat and begins to come from the innermost being. It becomes an acceptable and wonderful sound to the Lord, and the Lord moves in a mighty way, and people are changed because the Spirit had been changing our praise and our worship. I'm not talking about working it up. I'm talking about something divine. As Holy Ghosts change in worship. Are we still here? The Holy Ghost wants to change the way we worship. A worship where well, we need to sing an hour. Because we have to sing an hour. Or we only have to sing 15 minutes. No. A praise that fills the room because the innermost being, the Spirit, is operating in such a way that He is changing the way we're worshiping and praising. I can say the same thing about fellowship. I can say the same thing tonight about giving. Divine, Holy Ghost-led giving. First time, Holy Ghost told me to seed into a person. And let me tell you, I knew it was the Holy Ghost who was leading because I would not have done it otherwise. But let me tell you something. There was a divine release in the financial realm from that point on. Why? Because the Holy Spirit Changed the giving on that night. He changed that money into seed. Who's the one that will change your giving into seed? It's the Holy Spirit if you allow Him to do so. Almost makes us want to take the offering again, doesn't it? The Holy Ghost will change your money into seed. Two more. One is service. The Holy Ghost, and I've seen this with my sister when her hands were prayed for. A complete change in what she was doing. Her service all of a sudden became anointed. There have been those with the anointing of the Holy Ghost has changed them from not being able to play an instrument To playing an instrument. From not being able to do certain things in the church. To do certain things in the church. To minister. To do whatever. This is going to be a weird example coming up. I was working at a Christian youth camp one summer. And the sink and the sewer lines basically blacked up. We could not bail the sinks out. Could not drain them. We had to bail them. I had to wash a thousand dishes by hand, and I'm not exaggerating. That night, I knew the Holy Ghost was with me. And washing those dishes, oh, that's... No, because the camp stayed open and souls were saved. Yes, the Holy Ghost will anoint you to do things you weren't able to do otherwise. He is anointing for service. That includes ministry. That includes witnessing that includes every single thing that God wants you to do. Are we still here? He will anoint every aspect of your life. I'm not talking about just a change in certain things. I'm talking about a change in your entire life and your entire time. The number one thing people does not want to give anymore is time. We want things done quickly. But the Holy Ghost when we give our time, he will anoint that time in such a way that will radically change. Tonight the Holy Spirit wants to change every single aspect of your life. And this is the toughest decision for most of you to make. Because I'm not talking about just a lip service change. I'm talking about a complete, total, and radical change where the Holy Spirit is changing every aspect of your life. The Holy Spirit wants to change you there's only one thing that stops the Holy Spirit from changing you. And that's you. When you resist the Spirit, you are saying, I don't want to be changed. But tonight is not a night of resisting. Those days are over. Tonight is a night of surrendering. Surrendering to the Spirit so He can change you in every part of your life. Tonight, who will surrender to the Spirit to allow Him to change every part of your life? If you do, everything that you want in the way of the spirit realm will happen. But it comes with a complete and total surrender. Let's stand across the church tonight. Hallelujah.